Facing Giants, Changing Schedules, and Finding Balance Facing down our giants is a daunting, relenting task that we'll continue to undertake throughout our entire lives. It's no secret to most of you that our character growth is shaped to a large degree by the tough experiences we endure. A short list of some of the giants I face are autism, infertility, rejection, loss, and honestly, I could go on and on. But rather than lament my army of giants, I'm choosing instead to reframe my reaction to them. I love this quote from Jennifer King Lindley. A tough experience makes you face yourself in ways you might have been too busy or too scared or too lazy to do at a different time. It makes you braver. That's true, eventually. But like a tea that takes time to steep, our character needs time to brew as well. But let's back up a minute to busy, scared, and lazy. Isn't it amazing that these emotions can all be part of what can stifle our growth when it comes to overcoming hurdles and trials? Even something as simple as productive schedules can block a pathway to growth. We're so conditioned to accelerate from zero to 60 on a dime. Productivity, energy, and wellness gone amok can usurp our higher power and left unchecked can become a kind of God of their own. But in the pandemic, some of us have gone from 60 to zero. Inertia replaced frenzy. And many of us were left alone, staring down those formidable giants. Fewer distractions meant longer periods, ideal for contemplation, but hard to face for those who preferred the distractions that prevented them from the soul-searching they needed to undertake to stay above the fray. Jesus knew about giants. He wanted to make sure his followers didn't have their rose-colored glasses on. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. And that's from John 16, 33. I love that phrase, take heart. You can actually take your heart and hold on to it. God's got it, and he promises to fully secure it for you. As we grapple with extra time these days, let's make sure we don't turn and wrestle it into worry. Let's not let giants encompass the bulk of what constitutes our day. Let's replace that thinking with thanksgiving, prayer, and service if possible. Ask for divine guidance as you work to strike a balance. Your giant may very well be a maxed-out schedule. In preparing this podcast, I ran across some verses in Mark chapter 1 that really jumped out at me in a way I hadn't seen them before. In them, the apostle relays an account of Jesus healing many who were sick and oppressed by demons. The next morning, following Jesus' very own quiet time, the disciples found him alone and excitedly exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. The implication was that time was a-wasting and Jesus needed to head over and give them what they needed. But in God's economy, the expenditure of time looks very different. Instead of meeting that demand, Jesus instead said, Let us go on to the next town that I may preach there, for that is why I came. This passage illuminates some key points about need and service. Jesus knew he could stay in town and continue to meet the needs of the people that came to him. Certainly, that was the perspective of the disciples. But Jesus had his eye on the business of his Father, and that's where our eyes need to be too. Overcome your giants as best you can. Attempt to strike a balance with your schedule and consult his GPS, not only for your SOS, but also for your ASAPs. And I'd like to share an excerpt now from my second book in my devotion trilogy, The Trap Door. Abandon. Discern what to ditch and what to keep. My desk is full of a variety of items, from the vital to the trivial, 
My desktop computer and pens are obviously important tools. Pictures of my family might seem trivial, but to me they are a must. One could argue that five scented candles on my desk are not necessities, but when I light them, it creates a nice ambiance for my workspace. The Eiffel Tower sculpture tucked away in the corner is for sure something I could ditch, but I enjoy it and would be hard-pressed to remove it. The gulf between need and want is substantial, especially when it comes to the eye of the beholder. A five-year-old staring at his Christmas list deems his number one item as a need, not a want. On his 16th birthday, a teenager might see a car as a need, but a parent staring at the insurance quote for him may be inclined to disagree. The same blind spots occur when we look at our schedules. We cannot let everything stay on our desks. What would Marie Kondo say if she popped over for tea and organizing? Even some good things will need to be trimmed off of our schedules. For instance, I know a woman who attends a large non-denominational Bible study, as well as another she runs at her church and yet another for couples. Even she concedes it's too much for her schedule. We need to truly examine the amount of time we have and ask God to help us discern what we should keep on our calendar and what we should say no to. I recently heard a sermon that delineated four basic categories of to-do lists. They included the things God wants me to do, the things we need to do for loved ones, and the things I want to do, and finally, the things others want me to do. These categories are listed in the order they were important to the speaker, and I agree that it's an appropriate hierarchy. When Jesus stayed at the temple three days after his parents departed, as recorded in Luke 2, he followed his leading from God to remain there, category one, even though it conflicted with his parents' plans, category two. The very best outcome in life is when category one and category three are the same, but it won't always be so. Sometimes we don't feel like cracking open our Bible. We may be tempted to stay in bed on a cold morning with the covers pulled over our heads. But truth be told, we are always blessed when we do what God wants us to do, regardless of our desires or feelings. But when it comes to category four, we should always use the measuring stick of whether God really wants us to do it. More importantly, are we just doing something out of obligation to someone else as a people-pleasing exercise? Obligatory surrender doesn't really serve any other purpose in the final analysis. I was once asked to serve on a financial committee at my church. I am not gifted in this area and am terrible with numbers. But I said yes out of obligation, and I did not serve on it long as a result. By prioritizing our schedule and following what He matches our gifts to, we effectively manage our time for God. And our keys to kingdom living for this entry are careful prioritizing and seeking the Holy Spirit's guidance keeps us focused on His agenda for us. And the doorpost is walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of time. Colossians 4, 5. Thank you for tuning in today to His GPS for your SOS. Cindy also posts encouragement daily on Instagram. Her first two books in her Plan Door Devotion Trilogy are available on Amazon. Her bi-monthly blogs can be found at cindyyorks.com.